Contestant, you will go on my second whistle. <laughs> That's really confusing. I don't know when to clap. And I don't even have a whistle. Three, two, one. And we are rolling. Rolling all the way into what's probably going to be unofficially called the episode that has a lot of balls in it. Ball, 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 balls of steel. Ball, 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 balls of steel. Balls, 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 balls. Make it start. <laughs> Guess what, Alex? To the day, seven years ago, you drove me to Nottingham and then I didn't leave. Seven years. It's been seven years. Where's that time gone? I don't know. No, it's been rewarding and very fun. I just thought I'd make a note of it. It's another year that I've been living in the same place, which is not including the village I grew up in, probably the longest place I've stayed. Well done, Nottingham, for holding my interest for <laughs> over two thirds of a decade. So well done. Not holding you by the balls. Sports balls. I could see something in the background. There is a thing, a musical instrument in the making by the looks of it. Yes. So it is unsurprisingly another bass guitar but it was originally two and i like i do with broken things i buy off ebay i've combined two instruments into one of sorts it's like the spice girls two become one they had a sporty spice as well yes <laughs> i bought some crunchy snacks so um sorry not sorry i have water this mm. episode brought to you by water mm. hydrating is there anything else before we start this has been a bit of a slapdash pre-intro intro yeah it's been a one of those weeks in it well those ones you know that go in a linear fashion from monday through friday or at least our perception of time has that arrow of time thing going on i prefer if uh, time was more like one of those um sort of like squishy stress balls but they've got little tendrils coming off of them they're like silicon rubbery and you can squish them really hard and you know the squishy stress balls and they got little like floppy tendrils coming off of them it's like a if a disco ball fucked a pokemon or something i don't really know i can imagine what you're going for but i don't know if i've ever seen one i saw one in Aldi yesterday and that's probably why it reminds me but time going off in all different directions is the point I'm trying to make speaking of going off in all different directions let's try and squish this back into a linear fashion some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with the generic beat thunder some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with horrendous sound generic beat some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with the generic beat thunder some sort of horrendous sample based monstrosity with the generic beat thunder Welcome back to Always an Adventure. My name is Alex, and like some sort of stress ball that's got tentacles on it, like some sort of weird squishy beholder and unusual sex toy, time does not also flow in many directions, but in one direction towards Sam's turn to say something. Wow, you gave me a lot of time to think then, but I was so enthralled by the fact that you were talking about the squishy tendril ball of time. But I am Sam, much like the squishy tendril ball, I'm probably quite malleable. Anyway, so this is going to be another episode of of me picking hair off my fucking microphone. Is that a pube? You'll be glad to know that in my fridge yesterday, I found one of those plastic stars. How <laughs> the I... fuck <laughs> does this keep happening? <laughs> <laughs> How is it in the back of the fridge? I do not know. They find a way everywhere. I hoovered one up this morning. I fully expect to see it somewhere in this room later on today even. You're going to find two under your eyelids. Ah! Speaking of finding things. There's always a treasure trove of things to be found on the internet that other people are trying to give or sell. Swipey, 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 McDoo. First up, good afternoon. Would anyone like this undercounter fridge? It came from my husband's old man cave and it's got marble paper on it. I tried getting it off but got bored. Maybe useful for a spare in your garage. It works perfectly, but I can't deliver it as it won't fit in my car. Cheers. That's quite a story. Yeah, to spin a yarn, don't they? Dear listeners, it's a very generic looking undercounter fridge, but it has Marvel wrapping paper on it. Wow, she got bored easily. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, really quickly. That was just like, ah, oh, fuck this, can't be bothered. Uh, this is not worth my time or effort. My husband could just... Do you reckon they are not together anymore? And that's why she's trying to get rid of it? Or She didn't say ex-husband. I don't know. She said old man cave. He is upgraded to a man mansion. Mansion. What is that wallpaper? Is that does it actually wallpaper? Is that what she said? Just paper. Where does one get Marvel paper? Is it from the Marvel store? It does look like wrapping paper to me. Could they not repurpose it? I mean, I can see in the background there's a lot more Marvel-esque things going on. There's a little Spider-Man and looks like the Hulk's chin, I'm guessing. <laughs> just the chin of the Hulk. They couldn't afford the whole Hulk. I would definitely get bored trying to even just look at taking all that shit off because it does look like a ball lake. Throw it into a crevasse. Throw it into a macerator. Onward and upward, can I interest you in a medium-sized cherub? What metric are they using for medium? Like, I didn't realise you could go to the cherub store, this magical cherub store, and just, oh, I have a medium, please, thank you. It's a mere pound, and it, payment via PayPal, collection from doorstep. But it is medium-sized, and there is nothing for scale. No banana, no phone. Using red font on a background that's any more complicated than white is never a good idea. Is that a packet of crisps underneath it? The packet of crisps is for scale. I wonder if that packet of crisps has any crisps in it. Is it a rare packet with no crisps in it? What is that tasteful bit of fabric over the groin area <laughs> i don't know if that hair is that oh no it's a little cloth thing over its arm not for any taste and decency reasons they just couldn't be bothered to craft the balls they, they couldn't exquisitely craft <laughs> genitalia onto a cherub cherubs were never meant to be babies or small children cherubs are not that kind of angel so, oh that baby is cherub like so they don't have wings your baby is not like a cherub angels are all kinds of fucking crazy read a book everyone and you'll see angels what the fuck oh i see you've got a lot of eyes there anyway <laughs> <clears throat> could you guess potentially what this might be that someone was selling i'm really confused by this why it says dollars in it i think this might be a joke serious offers only please too many time wasters on here it is a blue waffle maker very good i get it ha 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 Ha, 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 ha. I don't even want to know how you go about making a blue waffle in the way that they're inferring, I'm sure. It cannot be a very nice process. I'm imagining some kind of... Oh, okay. It literally is a waffle maker that is blue. Eggshell blue or something, whatever you call it. That's far less creepy than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just a text-only thing. <laughs> Do you want a blue waffle maker? I can make a blue waffle for you. I was like, no, thank you. I don't want that. No. To have a waffle maker in your home, I was thinking about this the other week when we were in Ikea. They've all got all sorts of things that you could do, uh, going back to the utensils thing. You don't need mm. all these unnecessary peripherals to make a thing. Like, for some reason on Instagram, I'm just getting pushed bespoke pizza oven things. Like, no, I've got a fucking oven. I'll just put a pizza in it. I don't need something that cooks it like it does in Italy that I will use once a month. You need to eat a lot of fucking pizza to have a dedicated oven. Yeah, that's just crazy. I mean, I love pizza, but... You know, I wouldn't eat it every day because then you're just like, oh, fucking hell. I guess you could use it for other things. A, a really hot oven could be useful for other things, but it's quite specific and it is a bit of a flex. Look at my pizza oven, my dedicated piece of equipment. It's like the whole of Lakeland shop. It's just everything is just very specific and ultimately pointless tools for crafting some specific food. Lemon peelers and garlic crushers. Like, uh, yeah, they save time, but you don't need them. You could just use a pan. Yeah. Pot, sorry. Oh, yeah. God, they're going to come for me. <laughs> <laughs> the artist formerly you, known as Pan. They're going to put you in a pot. Boil me alive. Paula asks, need a mobile carpet person to come and fit Lino in two rooms, please. 
I don't like how you paused so pregnantly between mobile and carpet person. Then. It's because that's how it's written. <laughs> it's kind of worrying. Need a mobile. Okay. And a carpet person. Or a carpet person with a mobile. It's like they're writing a really bad haiku. Yeah, that definitely what happened. Please. <laughs> please, please. On the please. separate line. Please. When I'm adding this to the Twitter thread, I'll cough it right down and just have the word please. <laughs> and just be like, what? <laughs> What's going on as, here? But as a statement, it's not a question. I don't know what school uses new lines to equate to commas, full stops. At least they spilt. Spilt? They spelt everything right. That's probably one of the best spelled swipeys I've seen. But like structure of it is just falling apart like a loose paste. Finally, bath dust unopened. <laughs> okay, what is this new thing for bath salts or? It may or may not contain real unicorns. Why would you want a fizzy bath? <laughs> you want it to be effervesced. I will not get into this tub until it is fully carbonated. Get the soda stream in here. <laughs> Understand they're trying to emulate bath bombs and whatnot. But just don't. They exist. You don't need some kind of what looks like something you would buy a corner shop in the confectionery section that hasn't been sold for years because no one really wants to buy it but for your bath. Yeah, it's an industrial packet of sherbet or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Please explain to me anywhere else that you see someone describe a smell as fizzy. You smell so fizzy today. What is your cologne? Unicorn bath dust. Thank you for noticing. I can still smell his colon on my bed. <laughs> It's fizzy colon. <laughs> Please, I need a carpet person. Yeah, I need a, Please. A person that's just made out of carpet. Yeah. Maybe that's why they said please so gingerly. Like No one's going to believe them. They exist. They definitely exist. I went to some ultimate dimension. Where the carpet people reside. Where they have dominion. The thing is, though, they've asked for a carpet person. So they're not gendering their carpet mm. creature. But they want lino fitted. It's not carpet. Yeah, that's lino, isn't it? You wanted a flooring person and not a specifically a carpet person. Glad we've cleared that up. Anyway, back to the fizzies. <laughs> I'm okay, thank you. I don't want it. Please. That's a cry for help, that is, I think. Jeez. Speaking of cries for help, let's see what the newspapers are crying about. News for people. My one is from the Portsmouth Online. The Portsmouth mm. Online. I am the Portsmouth. I am the Portsmouth. Oh. Feed me boats. Oh. But not P&O boats. They can get out of the sea. <laughs> they have to get the fuck out of the sea. Anyway, on Monday the 10th of January by Steve Deeks. Now, do you remember the swipey that you brought along that had the inflatable planetarium thingy? Yeah. It reminded me of this. Right. Disco Dome firm boasting of customer focus is savaged by angry mum after failing to show up for a special 18th birthday for daughter. Special. <laughs> yeah, it's special. Savaged as well. Like, She's a got... rabid wolverine. The start of this is in all caps. This is why I'm about to do this. A mum was left fuming after <laughs> an Disco Dome company, which boasts customer service, is our main focus, ruined her daughter's surprise party after failing to show up. Joanne Rodaway of Havant said... Is it Rod Away? Oh no, that sounds... <laughs> well, there's a joke in there somewhere. Wasn't that a song? Was that a person who did a song in the 90s? I think he had away. Said she was left disappointed after Hampshire Disco Dome hire tarnished the special memory of her daughter. Just of a daughter? What, is her daughter now dead? Okay, listen to the name. This is hyphenated. Tia my It sounds like Tia my Mante's birthday party. Tia my Mante's birthday party. A Southampton-based disco firm has 100% 
bad reviews on Trustpilot, and you still went with them. <laughs> to be honest, right? I'm not feeling very sympathetic for this, Joanne. Thousands of years ago, buyer beware was very much a thing. And still today, with all of the information we have available at fizzy fingertips, people don't trust other people to tell them things are bad and you should feel bad. Joanne is among them after paying £100 deposit for a disco dome in November for the party in December. On the day of the event, Joanne paid the remaining £210 and tried to contact the firm only to receive an answer phone. Just <laughs> go here's an answer phone. <laughs> it's not even got a tape in it. How cheap are you? Why would you just pay the money and go, well, they're not here. I guess I'll pay them. That's not a system that works, is it? You pay them just when they're there. You just go, here's the money. Fuck me. That's what the whole reason of deposit. Oh, never mind. Anyway, the 56-year-old was left seething when the firm failed to show, resulting in her having to squeeze in guests into her living room at the last minute. Piping bag them in. She said... They messed up what was meant to be a surprise party for my daughter's 18th. I was ringing them all day and couldn't get a response. They didn't turn up. I was so upset. I had to tell Tia... Tia... Tia Maria or whatever her name is. She was very disappointed. Yeah, probably because you named her TMI. <laughs> there was nothing else I could do as it was all last minute. The company emailed me later in the evening to say they thought I had cancelled. They have apologised and since paid me the money back. So what's the problem? Oh yeah, sorry, ruined your strangely named daughter's special day. Okay, but it doesn't make things any better as it was a special birthday present. I am fuming. I love the word fuming because it's used so much by most people in newspapers. Fumming. It would have been nice to have a special memory of her party instead. We have one of the company not turning up. Well, actually, what the memory you have is you managed to squeeze everybody into your living room. Now you know the capacity of your living room. So, you know. You know how sweaty your front room can be. Joanne says she wished she had read the reviews <laughs> about the company before booking them. Yes, more for you, Joanne. So moral of the story here is don't just blindly hope that shit companies are going to be better. The company has awful reviews. They should not run a business if they are letting people down all the time. Well, agreed. Okay, right. Well, yeah, okay. What should happen is they get no business and then they fold. Fold like a dome. A deflating dome. The Dome Firm posts on its website. Here at Hampshire Disco Dome, we specialise in our great high-tech disco domes, snow domes, and other top-end inflatables to make your party special. Unless, of course, even more confusingly, the disco dome was meant to go inside of her front room. So if anything, <laughs> she made more space for guests <laughs> by not having this... <laughs> we said about an entire bouncy castle in your shed that just burned. <laughs> you said the same but just just knocking the telly over grandmother's ashes and just, <laughs> just doors flying off the handle surprise thanks mum we endeavour to make your party a great one and put emphasis on our customer service evidently not customer service is our main focus they reiterate but reviews on trust pilot were scathing of the firm with one saying they should be avoided at all costs after having their event cancelled by text on the day. Companies that operate this way should be ashamed of themselves, letting children down at the last minute. Someone please think of the children! Would you please think of the person who's now not a child? <laughs> yeah, because it's 18. Another wrote, absolute joke of a company. They cancelled Disco Dome on morning of party via email. Cancelled Disco Dome? <laughs> 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 they will not answer the phone or respond to voicemail, leaving a very upset eight-year-old boy. Hello, yes, this is Doug. I'm on the phone. No, you will not. <laughs> you, you will not have Disco Dome. You have refund now. Bye. <laughs> I sent email. A woman said, useless. No communication at all and messed up my booking. Only responded to me after I had to cancel. I would not trust they would even show up. An angry dad added, is that your Christian name? Please, angry dad was my father's <laughs> name. <laughs> That's even more confusing. <laughs> 
Do not go anywhere near Hampshire Disco Dome Hire. Utterly useless. Cancel three hours before my daughter's. This is just reading out Trustpilot reviews just to pad out the article. A spokesman for Hampshire Disco Dome Hire told the news, we got a message to say the party was cancelled, so we cancelled the booking and paid her, Joanne, the money back. <laughs> it's Joanne in air quotes. They, they okay. were all in brackets. Every time I paused, that was a bracket because it was inferring. So paid <laughs> Joanne <laughs> the money disco. She actually paid us in unicorn dust. We've never smelt so fizzy. Please. To top it all off, we have the disappointed mum standing near a picture of her daughter for some fucking reason rather than... Not by her daughter, a picture. Just a picture of her daughter. I am disappointed. <laughs> my daughter is so ashamed that she didn't want to even appear in this image directly. So that was my news. Oh, for fuck's yes. sake. Wonderful. I'm so glad if I ever <laughs> in need of a disco dome, I won't be going to them. You could become like Joanne or an angry dad and just join the swathes of people disappointed by their service. Do you want to hear my two whimsical stories of local localness? Go on then. By the way, I love how you're keeping it local still and I'm just going all over the fucking country. <laughs> it's great. Even though there's an awful lot of rape murders going on around my way, there's still some whimsical whimsies. Large pig spotted on the Lucent Cemetery. <laughs> Oh, that was the wrong time to take a drink. <laughs> cool. Large pig spotted on the loose in Bluebell Cemetery near Badger's Mount, Seven Oaks. Sean Delaney again writes about this on the 27th of December 2021. A large pig became the talk of the town, because clearly nothing else happens in Seven Oaks, after it was spotted wandering around a cemetery just yards from a busy main road. Pig don't give a fuck. Barnyard animal was found in Bluebell Cemetery near Badger's Mount in Holstead Village in Seven Oaks. It was spotted wandering around the entrance close to the busy dual carriageway in the Orpington Bypass shortly after noon yesterday, which would have been the 26th of December. A stunned passerby said. <laughs> stunned. <laughs> I'd never seen a pig. Never! I've never <laughs> seen a pig! I called the police about it as a charity informed me that it was a risk to the public as it was right beside the road and no one else seemed to be around at the cemetery. You could say it was dead quiet there. <laughs> <laughs> I went back half an hour later after reporting it and the pig was still there. Pig persists. 30 minutes on Boxing Day is like, because the cops have got nothing else to do. But wait, I came back half an hour later after reporting it and the pig was still there. And there was another one too. So in fact, there were two pigs. More than one pig. Local residents took to social media to speculate as to where the grunter came from. <laughs> Is this the point of the article where they start trying to use different adjectives for pigs? I guess so. <laughs> with some pointing to nearby farms whilst others suggesting a garden centre. You know, you can get two for one at a garden centre. I've always finding grunters at the garden centre. But so far, efforts to trace the home of the hog have proved unsuccessful. They haven't seized the hog yet then. Well, they do seize the hog, but they don't search the hog. One local resident said the pig's presence was yes. a regular occurrence in the farmyard critter critter what could quite often be seen wandering along the dual carriageway whilst the others pointed out the dangers of tiny trotters traipsing along the highways we're getting some alliteration in there oh nice and urged people to contact the police if spotted it wasn't a spotty pig another added the cemetery has been in touch with the farmer the farmer but had no joy the omniscient farmer i would be both also new fencing has been put up but they have obviously found another entrance maybe the main fucking gate which is wide open the cemetery are very concerned is that a sentence the actual cemetery itself it has been around for long enough that it has gained its own spirit the cemetery are very concerned with this situation and we'll have to find out where they are coming in now. A spokesman for Kent Police said at 12.32pm on Sunday, December the 26th, police received a report that a stray pig had been seen in Old London Road, Badger's Mount. 
Due to concerns the animal could be a traffic hazard, a patrol searched the area, however, it was not located. Pigs couldn't find a pig. So now there's only one pig again, because there was two. So the other one was just like a regular, but the other one was like, I'll just join you. Or maybe that was one of the pigs that had meant to find the pig, but it just got confused and was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. I am with the cemetery here. I am also concerned. The cemetery pig. Massive pig handling. Man tried to collect friend from police in stolen car. Good effort. You had one job! I need to drive to my friend at the police station. Let's nick this car so I can get there on time. What an idiot. Two arrests after police chase in Maidstone ends in Stinger being used on Ford EcoSport. A man has been arrested after reportedly trying to pick up a friend in a stolen car. The suspect was taken into custody after trying to collect his pal, who had been arrested on suspicion of stealing a car in Maidstone. Someone who's been arrested for stealing a car... His friend turns up in a stolen car to pick him up. Continue the chain of consistent idiocy, I suppose. Fucking hell. The saga started after the police noticed the stolen Ford EcoSport being driven through the town earlier this evening. This evening being the 5th of January. Whilst officers tried to stop the car, it fled and sparked a chase. This was brought to an abrupt end when tactical officers deployed a stinger, bursting the four-wheel drive's tyres. When a friend arrived to collect him, officers quickly noticed that he too was also driving a stolen vehicle and duly arrested him. In a post on Twitter, a spokesman said, Great teamwork has resulted in two arrests. Not only the driver involved in the pursuit, but the driver who turned up to collect him in another stolen vehicle. That wasn't really so much teamwork as banking on the stupidity of the person who turned up at a police station in a stolen vehicle. Come yeah. on! What, do you think they wouldn't notice? They think, oh, well, we've arrested one person. There's no more crimes for us to detect today. That's it. We can hang up our boots and just relax. It's okay. We've saved the world. There are no more crimes. We've beaten crime. Shut up, crime. I've got the platinum in crime. <laughs> Well done, those people. And well done, Maidstone, to be full of scummers. Beautiful scummers. Sam, I have a question for you. Would you like to listen to clips I stole off Spotify and try and work out what songs they are? Yes, I would like to listen to <laughs> clips that you stole off Spotify and try to guess what they are. Trademark. Please. Please. One, two, three, four! Uh, 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 fuck you, man! This week, contestant, you have three ways of earning points, and points mean prizes. It's famous people doing covers of other people's famous songs. What's the song? What was the original artist? Who's doing the cover? You make it more and more difficult every time, and even though I'm <laughs> shit at it. Do I have to get all three to get one point, or do I get three points if I get all of them? Three points if you get all of them. Good. I might get more points than normal, but in the grand scheme of things, it will still be shit. Yes. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> What? That sounds very electro-y, sort of like uh, Justice or Mastercraft or someone like that. It is a very good cover and I suggest when you find out what it is to listen to it. It's not Blue Monday, is it? Uh, it, is. it is. I do know this. It's Blue Monday. The original yep. is by New Order. Yep. And the guy that did it, it's got some really fucking, the gothy guy, I can't remember his name now. That's the only one I'm sticking on. This version is done by uh, a group. So it's Blue Monday, New Order, covered by yep. some band I don't know. So that's two out of three. Yes. The band that covers it is Health. They've done a lot of cover, like, collaborations lately. But yes, Blue Monday. Song. I surprised myself by suddenly remembering that that's what it was. Next. Easy. Yep. Faith No More. Yes. 
I can't remember who did the original though. <laughs> two out of three. <laughs> Very good. Yes, that's the Faith No More cover of it. It was originally done by the Commodores. I wouldn't have got that. Which is Lionel Richie. It's why Mike Patton, lad. This should hopefully be relatively simple. I give you, all you say that, but then all the stuff that you think is going to be hard is easy. And another thing, my brain doesn't work that way, Alex. I give you all that I could give. What is it? <laughs> no, I know it. I know it. It's so annoying. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with my brain? You know this, Sam. I can't I remember what that's. It's like someone's just sliced that memory out and then just flicked it across the room and it's found one of those little plastic stars and it stabbed that bit of the brain and they put it back in my brain but the star's already done its damage. You've been lobotomized by a plastic star. Now I'm shocked at myself because this is a song that I definitely, definitely know and I just don't know it. Just chalk it down to being old and stupid. Please. This one, I think I've managed to chop out a bit of it that you might. I don't know. I don't know if you get this, but let's give it a go. Yeah, yeah. I'm still thinking about that previous one. Um, <laughs> can I have that again, please? Yeah, trying to think who it sounds like, the person that's covering it. Is that's a familiar voice? Yes. It's a band as well. But if you get the band, then I don't know. I'll send you a whole pack of plastic stars. No. It's not Smashing Pumpkins, is it? No. More hair. More hair. <laughs> not as much hair as Coe, though. No. More hair than Billy Corgan, but not quite as much as Claudio. <laughs> yeah, it's not got the volume of Claudio's hair. I wanted to say Jane's Addiction for a second there, but it kind of sounds a little bit like if it's not. Is the trailer dead? No. This is harder than one of those plastic stars that we keep talking about. Right to the cuticle. Now, I think I'm going to have to pass on that one. I'm just it's blanking. Next. You should get this. Run it up that road. Run up that hill. Cape yes. Bush, but also covered yes. by Place B.O. I mean, Placebo. Three for three, yeah. It's the placebo cover of Running Up That Hill. They're not the only people that have done a cover of this. Be running up that road. Be running up that hill. Be running up that building. If I only could. I've heard that quite a lot. <laughs> that version, so it's not fresh in my brain, but it's in my brain. Final one. Sounds like Gwar for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Okay. Black Label Society? No. Ah, oh, damn it. That's gross. Corrosion of Conformity. No. Could I have the again, please? See, in my mind, I have got some like Gwar, Lordy esque sort of band over the top, hammerly growling into the microphone very knowingly that they're doing a silly cover or something. I don't know what the cover is either. No. Hold on. Just let me. Just trying to shake my brain up, ladies and gentlemen. That wasn't anything else. Um, no, that just gave me a headache. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to pass on that one as well. Damn it. All right. So, yes, you got the first one. Congratulations. You got the second one. Congratulations. The one you're going to kick yourself about. The third one. No Ordinary Love. Covered by Deftones. Originally by Sade. never been so disappointed in myself. 
My God, I'm so sorry, Chino. That's why I knew it. That's why it was in my brain. I was like, yeah, there's definitely... Yeah. All right, this one, I'm not surprised to get it, but it was Type O Negative and Ozzy Osbourne doing a cover of Status Quo's Pictures of Matchstick Men. Pictures of Matchstick Men and you. If I've ever heard the original, I don't remember the name, couldn't have told you the band, and it didn't sound like either of those people, and that's so that's a zero for zero for me. <laughs> yeah, 60s quo was a different kind of thing. Yeah, and finally, Search and Destroy by Iggy and Stooges. This was covered by Ministry. No. The three that I didn't get, mm. Deftones one is the only one that I should have got, really. The other two are not so familiar with. So I don't feel so bad. That was a lot easier than I thought when you were saying, oh, it's <laughs> going to be, you're going to have to guess all three thingies to make the things happen. I'm like, oh, fuck my life. Yeah, Wonderful. I could have made it much worse by going, here's a cover of a song you probably know, but you have no idea who the person or the group that's covering it. Yeah, no, that just completely nailed me to a Frisbee and threw me over the Peak District or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's a pretty big area to throw, <laughs> like one frisbee. Real big frisbee. Isn't that what Flat Earth is called? Terra firma. Fake rattle, real snake, terra firma, terra firma. That's a reference that I don't get either, but that sounds like it's a song. So. Cryptic metaphor. <laughs> Fake rattle, boneless snake, terra firma, terra firma. <laughs> that was a lot. It was a good a lot, but that was a lot. My brain is now a little bit like, Ugh. now I'm going to make your brain go a little bit, Ugh by telling you a story. Thanks. The quick wank. We're going back, unsurprisingly, to my teenage years. 2004, early 2004, so I wasn't even 18 when this happened. This is not only a mildly entertaining story, but it's also a cautionary tale and has probably the first serious undertone that you've ever heard in Wars and Adventures history, Try Not To Die Of Shock. After having worked at my new job for around three months, I was surprised at how relaxed some of their policies were, at least compared to the previous retail stint. I used to work at Waitrose, by the way. It was fucking awful. So long as the work got done, it seems I could essentially spend time dossing about, chatting to colleagues, and even taking extended breaks. Sure, there were rules, of course, but I never felt singled out as a pariah and made to perform somewhat humiliating tasks for improving productivity, which is what they used to do in my old job. Nice. No, it was horrible. This relative mm. leniency was dependent on whomever oversaw our department. Whomst. On any given day, of course. But the store was so large that you could essentially run circles around management for at least 15 minutes before they found you. Oddly, this modest liberty saw me abuse it far less frequently than anticipated owing to a marginally greater sense of pride in my role as time passed. Fewer. This wasn't to say I didn't occasionally take the piss, such as hiding in customer toilets and eating food I'd acquired from our stockroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's theft. Not if he rides it off as <laughs> <this> waste. <laughs> oh, I dropped it on the floor via my mouth. Directly into my mouth! If anyone came too quiet, I'd feign stomach or bowel upset, and then they'd usually make a quick exit. I got away with this a lot. Plus, these toilets were always very clean, motivating me to waste time there the most. I'm confused. Were you using the toilets and also eating at the same time? No, 
that's a fucking animal. Anyway, it was in these very toilets that one afternoon, my world came crashing down. I was genuinely using the toilet as intended for once, idly waiting for my bowels to loosen in some kind of daydream state. Now, being a teenage boy, I'd often be fumbling around my groin for whatever reason, be it itching, rearranging, or just palpating the bizarre texture and topography of my nutsack. As such, I had a pretty good understanding of what was and wasn't supposed to be jumbling around in there. Usually this would be a non-event, but that afternoon I happened upon every teenage boy's worst nightmare. A lump. Discovering this alien nut mound saw panic shoot through my body, immediately assuming the worst scenario possible. Cancer. I spent the remainder of my shift in a knot of anxiety, playing over various outcomes in my head, wondering if I'd had to get my balls removed or worse. It was horrible. Having convinced myself of a premature fate, even if said cancer could successfully be removed from my body. I'd so frequently check on this lump to see if it was still there or had grown bigger that I ended up making the area rather sore. For some reason, I felt too embarrassed and scared to tell anyone else about it. Perhaps doing so would make it officially out there, which somehow seemed even worse. I let this existential angst eat away at me for almost two weeks until bottling it up became unbearable. All it took were my parents asking if everything was okay as I'd clearly been acting a little out of sorts. I found a lump, I wailed, tears streaming down my face, trembling in both fear and mild relief that I'd finally told someone. They were sympathetic, but composed, suggesting I go get it checked out by a medical professional before jumping to conclusions. They kindly and immediately booked an appointment at our local medical centre on my behalf, as I was too much of a mess to even form words at that point. The following day, we headed to Ivy Court Surgery so that I may have my scrotum and its contents fondled by a stony-faced GP. As if the weight wasn't bad enough, she seemingly disbelieved me, for it took a while for her to locate said lump, which didn't help matters at all. After finally zeroing in on it, she suggested I get booked for an ultrasound scan so they could determine the exact nature of said lump. Betraying her stern composure a little, she advised me to relax and not assume the worst, which was easy for her to say. The scheduled scan wasn't for another two weeks, during which time I was a completely anxious wreck. Being rather naive, I assumed hair loss was a symptom of cancer rather than a side effect of its treatment, and as such I became convinced that my hair had begun to fall out, fixating on every strand that left my head with scrutiny and panic. I'd demand friends reveal their hairlines for comparison, much to their bemusement, I'm sure. I'd even started checking pictures of other people's hair in magazines and on TV, though I'd seemingly never noticed that there's a gap of a few millimetres behind the ear where the hair doesn't start growing, causing me to think it actually started receding from there. <laughs> Just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yep, that's how that works, Samuel. Of course, this all meant I was touching my head a lot more, which, to no one's surprise, damaged the follicles and made it fall out. It was all rather ridiculous in retrospect, but anxiety does weird things to logic and common sense alike. On the day of my scan, I was a bundle of nerves, chiefly at the prospect of having to disrobe and have my private parts witnessed by a stranger yet again. To my surprise, the nurse was very warm and accommodating, her soft Canadian accent putting me at ease somewhat. For the first time that day, I felt comparatively calm as she led me down the hall, despite my attire consisting solely of an open-backed gown, buttocks exposed for all to see. I was instructed to lay flat on the gurney before having my private parts covered in gel and scanned over. My prior sense of calm was utterly shattered once a handful of medical trainees entered, eager to sit in on the procedure and take notes. <laughs> my nurse informed me they were merely there to witness this new scanning device in action. Amazingly, this did 
fuck all to put me at ease. <laughs> oh, good, a load of medical students <laughs> looking at my junk. It was too late to back out, so I voluntarily disassociated from the whole absurd scenario, hoping it would abate my concern. <laughs> I'm off this planet, see ya. <laughs> so there I was, 17 years of age, having my scrotum scanned and trying not to have a meltdown as several medical staff nonchalantly discussed the inner workings of my nutsack as it appeared live on screen. Using the power of sound. It seemed like a huge invasion of privacy, seeing as this was just sprung on me at the start of the fucking procedure rather than advised beforehand. But I just had to wait it out. After what genuinely felt like the longest 10 minutes of my life, the nurse's sunny tones of, Okay, you're all done, signalled an end to this surreal freak show. <laughs> she wiped the goo off my privates and released me back into civilization with a cheery farewell. So on the one hand, I felt incredibly humiliated, but on the other, was relieved to have had something done about my ailment. Speaking of which, I ended up waiting yet another fortnight for the scan results to come through the post. The wait was awful, with hair pulling reaching all-time apex. Even Peanut noticed and just told me to fucking stop doing it for Christ's sake. <laughs> I came home after work one day to find the NHS letter had arrived, which sent a jolt of anxiety through my guts. I opened the envelope and studied its contents, fully expecting some truly life-changing news, for better or worse. I approached the fateful sentence, picturing how life was going to pan out following my treatment, chemo, remission and possible relapse. A benign cyst. A benign fucking cyst. I had endured around six weeks of stress, anxiety and self-inflicted hair loss all over a completely redundant tissue mass. I laughed in relief. How silly of me to think it was even remotely cancerous. It was so tiny after all. It was like a pinhead. The letter also informed me of developing a, I'm not quite sure how to say this, variocell, which is essentially a harmless vein mass floating around in my scrotum, feeling akin to a bag of dead worms. Following this news, I felt a true sense of relaxation and calm for the first time in ages, especially after thinking my lifespan had been shortened due to terminal illness. Though to be fair, said lifespan has certainly been impacted by the amount of stress my body had gone through. <laughs> I broke the good news to my parents, who didn't seem at all surprised really, almost as if they knew all along it wasn't really that big a deal. In any case, the whole deal pretty much saw an end to my relative hypochondria which had been quite prevalent throughout childhood. If anything, I'd become a bit too relaxed, shrugging off potentially serious ailments as, nah, something will probably go away eventually. Thankfully, touch wood, I've never been seriously ill to the point of hospitalisation, though did get a mild scare many years later when another cluster of lumps appeared in a similar place. This, of course, went away on its own, but it did remind me that a fateful month where I thought cancer had come for me. Ultimately, death will come for us all, but you can't spend your remaining days worrying about its icy grasp. It's all a load of bollocks in the end, anyway. But seriously, guys, always check yourself for lumps. Cancer is no joke. There you go. That was actually quite serious. I think that's probably the most serious what my stories ever get, is I thought I had cancer, but it was nothing. <laughs> I just gave myself some temporary hair loss for a while because of it. Yeah, that sucks. Well, you know, that, especially anxiety, you develop it in teenage years, and that was probably at the peak of my anxiousness. So I was just freaking out. On theme, that was balls. So <laughs> Let's continue on to our... You know what you have to do? What's that? When you're about to talk for ages, is take a mouthful of really dry crisps. Make sure you pour all of the extra concentrated flavour powder into your mouth. Perfect. That is the deepest taste of all. It's 200% salt. So yeah, Alex. Yes. 
we're both big sports lads, aren't we? We love all them sports and um, and and the sports that the the sportiness of this. No, we're not at all. I was going to say, who are you? With that in mind, that's offer our views on sports because we're clearly qualified to do so. Pregnantly qualified. Enjoy drinking. Ain't feeling like a useless slob. See with envy at top athletes who yell out on the distraction cube every day, taunt you with their superior prowess. We may have a literal solution for you. Sportsbrae, the alcoholic, isotonic, performance fluid of champions. Combining athleticism with getting shit-faced, you two can escape the sofa and reality alike. Pretty soon you'll forget about all those award-winning champions and start carving your own path to glory. Finally, the everyman can run, jump and slide without immediate exhaustion. Witness the true power of our carefully crafted energy grog by having at least 212% more pep kicking balls harder and faster. Confidence. A newly discovered, rather intense competitive edge which will probably make your friends slightly concerned. Grab a six pack today and get chugged in for glory. Or order our triathlon crate for 12.5% off. Spawn spray. Because beer can. <laughs> Sportsbrow is known to cause belligerence, crapulence, incontinence, nonsense, and a false sense of self-worth. Do not under any circumstances challenge a real athlete. Perry Noble Brinko accepts no responsibility for anything. It's all on you, buddy. It still gets me that the phrase substantive staff, which I've had to say way too many times in the last month or so, has become substantial staff because people don't know the difference between the words. Right, do you want me to kick us off with, um, kick us off? That wasn't, no, I didn't even yeah. mean to do that. <laughs> that wasn't a sports pun, that was just me talking. So as before, we've kind of tried to break it down into sections, so we kind of know what we're talking about. You could say it's a game of six paths. Is that sports? Is that how a sport works? <laughs> they kick the sports ball and the things happen. Sometimes they pick it up, sometimes they're not allowed. Is that right? It's... Someone does some semaphore in the corner and then people get angry. No eye contact with the ball because you will be fired. The ball asserts dominance by existing. So as with everyone on the planet that attended a education system, some of our first experiences with sports would have been at school and boy have I got experiences with sports whilst at school but because I've been talking for so long I'm going to hand this over to Alex. Yeah uh, unsurprisingly I wasn't particularly interested in sports uh, at school. I guess my enthusiasm was greater than my skill at any of them really. Same. I was never particularly athletic, never had much interest in being athletic but I'd Give it a go. I'd just be terrible at it. Yay, school. Let's think about school again. I've got a handful of amusing stories because enthusiasm was up there, but skill was not up there at all. And uh, this often shone through much to the amusement of my peers. One of the earlier memories I have is probably year five or six. Not my earliest memory ever, but just earliest sports memory. <laughs> Before I was about 10, didn't exist. I earned a nickname because of the way that I would try and hit the ball in rounders. Okay. So every time the ball flew at me, I would swing the bat so hard that I'd spin around on the spot and do a 360. Good. And my teacher gave me the nickname Twinkle Toes. Nice. I was just like, oh, cheers. And then I got bullied for it. But anyway, but like Wonderful. spun around in circles. That was quite funny. Um, fast forward, force forwarding to year 10. I signed up for the 1500 meters on sports day because I was all right at jogging long distances because there were like different tiers. There was like the unskilled idiots like me and then there was the sort of competent people and then there was the super, mm. they're going to go and compete in the Olympics probably someday. So I obviously went with the lower tier. Due to an administrative error, I was put in the top tier. Oh no. So what I thought was going to be a nice jog a few times around the track turned into people lapping me because they were a lot better at it than I was and it was very humiliating. <laughs> Jeez. 
I did actually enjoy rugby. There was something about just running at each other and just getting really mucky and just not even paying attention to the actual rules of the game, just getting into a fight or like pile up. It was more <laughs> of a pile up. Even the similarly weedy kids used to love it as well. So we'd all have a pile up and all the actual big buff tonk guys would just look at us like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> we're just like slapping each other about in the mud because we're teenagers and that's what you do. This is not how you sports. We didn't sports. We just used the excuse to just get as muddy as possible. And similarly, that's why I enjoyed cross country as well because you, we got to run through the woods and that was just fun. I always dreaded cross country because it's like running. Ugh, I was not good at it. Again, it was the I had enthusiasm, but it fucking was hard work because I was not fit in any way. The thing I really fucking hate was swimming, though. I'm still not very good at it. I got told by somebody relatively recently that my swimming style makes it look like I'm drowning. <laughs> On that note, my school, because they clearly hated us, had an outdoor swimming pool and we had to use it. So you're trying to swim through the, the leaves that have fallen in it, which just were left. It's just like, fuck it, it's full of leaves now, whatever. It didn't get any warmer than about, I don't know, minus 12, even in the middle of summer. It was so cold all the time. It was horrendous. Uh, one time, someone in my year... We were, I think we we're doing widths of the pool to warm up or some bullshit. And um, he managed to get halfway across the width of this pool, stood up and started screaming. Because what he'd managed to do is dislocate his shoulder. How? Swimming clearly is deadly to shoulders. I don't know. I really don't know how this happened, but he did. He immediately just popped his shoulder straight out. So he morphined him up and popped it back in at hospital. Yeah, just did it poolside and just rolled it yeah. back into the water. Just an EpiPen full of morphine for some reason. Epic penis. I used that term the other day because we got someone coming to our wedding who has a nut allergy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's all right. We could just use the epic penis on him. I've never used an epic penis on anyone before though. So this would be interesting. And I said that whilst we're in Sainsbury's around other people. People that don't know, they're just like, well, whatever you want to get up to at your wedding, that's fine by me. Uh, Tell me more of this epic penis <laughs> where will you use the epic penis in the thigh that's an unusual place but it doesn't fit anywhere else or the buttocks uh, that's where you put the epic mm. penis <laughs> so yeah no they didn't just pop it back in and throw it back in the water no because then you'd have had the trauma of watching someone drown due <laughs> to your spicy memories yeah, that would have been one of the spiciest well with swimming similarly in primary school we also had an outdoor pool but they had the genius idea of putting an inflatable bubble thing over it that was... A disco dome. Yep, that with chlorinated water and nowhere to go. <laughs> Guess what happened? Ah, my eyes! Everyone turned blonde. I was awful at swimming, like I said, but while everyone around me was acing 100, 500, 1,000 metres, in year six, I finally managed to get my five meter badge that you got i could float to that now like <laughs> i thought i was bad at swimming i was a stone for ages as a child i was basically <laughs> terrified of everything so i never wanted to swim really it took me until i was about 10 before i actually learned how to swim same yeah yeah and then i got my five meter badge i got no fucking badges so they didn't know how to gamify swimming but i can swim now i'm not gonna drown if i get thrown in water yeah. It'd be an inconvenience having to swim. It's like, oh, exercise. Come on, we're not in school anymore. Say <laughs> so, now, I do deliberately exercise these days because I'm like, I can't keep living like I'm a teenager anymore. Unfortunately, yeah, we all do things to look as decidedly average as we do. I don't look like a whale because I walk to work. <laughs> there you go. If only that worked for me, it don't. If you walked to work, it would take you all day to walk to work. Probably more yeah. than a day. I still have about 20 minutes each way of walking. Uh, speaking of water, though, I still get a bit nervous if I can't see the bottom of the pool or the body of water in secondary school we had a swimming pool that sort of the shallow end was one it didn't go slowly down it just went shallow end 
then a massive dip, and then the deep end. Okay. And then so, like, as it got towards it, I think the gradient did slightly go downwards. So it felt like you were being sucked into a void, and it scared the shit out of me. And it didn't have handrails at the side of this uh, swimming pool either. It just had the concrete. So I was just, like, slipping or just oh, sliding dear. into this. I think it was, like, I can't remember how deep it is, but it was a diving edge. So it must have been about 15, 20 feet deep or something. Like, wow. proper deep, deep end. I mm. hated it. Absolutely hated it. But what I hated more, Alex, was the changing rooms. Just, no. I don't like that whole culture of having to get dressed around other people, especially when you're a teenager and your body's going through all sorts of mad shit and you look disgusting and gangly and hairy in the wrong places and you're just like, good. Yeah. Hey, teenagers, now that you're really self-conscious and awkward, why don't you get changed in front of each other? Some people, they're totally cool with it and it kind of gets them used to it and makes them more comfortable. For me, I'm just like... I never want to do this again in front of anyone, ever. I'm a never nude. I wash myself through denim. Denim chicken. <laughs> I think I had to try to explain what denim chicken was to someone who couldn't remember that episode of It's Always Sunny. And it's like, well, it's a chicken wearing some jeans. And he just rolled about on the floor laughing for about 10 minutes. Like, I don't remember that. It's like, that's one of the funnier, stupider bits of the show. It's all pretty ridiculous. But yes, back to sports. I had slightly better experiences in sports with friends because it's kind of on your own terms and you've not got a PE teacher yelling at you. I quite like playing frisbee because it's an activity that just involves throwing and catching stuff. It's very little teamwork involved, really. And because of my shit hand-eye coordination, because the frisbee kind of goes so slowly, you can kind of... Unless someone's using extreme frisbee and throwing at you at 600 miles an hour. But also, I think it's one of the few sports that's socially acceptable to be drunk and still play. Drink whilst playing. It is not advised, but I've, you know, in the park, you, you had a picnic, you had a couple of ciders, you throw a frisbee around, you know. It's good. Yeah, it's far more casual. I don't know how you would be competitive at Frisbee. I haven't looked it up, but I'm sure there are competitive Frisbee tournaments out there. I guarantee it. I guess so. Well, yeah, um, as an adult playing sports with friends, uh, seemingly racket sports, I played a bit of squash. I found it exhausting and precarious. Because you've got this rubber ball flying at you. So we're going to take a tennis racket, but make it so you could beat someone to death with it quite comfortably and we're going to situate you in a small room with another person where you're actively trying to hit each other in the head with this rubber ball basically the game is about possession of the center of the court you always have to be in the middle so you're always like elbowing each other out of the way to just hit the ball back against the fucking wall yeah it's it's pretty intense in a slightly more gentler game i do like badminton for it's you can wallop the shuttle as furiously as you want and it will sort of go really quick and then really slow immediately because of how much drag it's got gentle tennis it's not that gentle because you do wallop it but mm. you, everything's sort of lightweight so it doesn't really have much force if you hit someone with a racket you're gonna hurt them but yeah shuttle's not gonna do anything to anyone it's, right. yeah it's fun it's, there's a lot of movements again it's you have to sort of be in the middle of the court and move a lot that's just good for cardio see you actually chosen actual sports i've chosen frisbee and my next one is a game that we invented that is actually a drinking game but it does involve coordination i see it's called spwan <laughs> it's one of the tests being able to say it yeah well i'll tell you its origin years and years and years ago we used to get drunk <laughs> Lloyd's Bank foyer <laughs> after it closed where the cash point was they keep that bit open I used to sit in there on rainy days like my brother and a few friends and I didn't they have like cameras in there so they could tell you to go away the cameras were angled at such a way because the only place to put it would be facing the cash machine and they couldn't have it looking at the cash machine for obvious reasons okay. if you stood up then you could see you but we were all sat down so they could see it. They got away with this for a while. <laughs> it's probably going to be in one of my story times eventually, so I won't get into too much detail. But Ziggy had this little plush cube thing that had a Frisian cow pattern on it. 
and it was kind of like the successor. He had a beanie baby, a Frisian cow. It was, it was a joke. He was like a drinking buddy who'd take him to the pub and stuff. And one day he got dropped in a pint of snake bite and then it smelled so bad that he had to throw him away. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you machine wash beanie babies? Not when you're 17, apparently. I do not know how to hand wash a beanie baby. So that got binned, but then he found this little plush cube, which he called the spawn of cows do not lay eggs. It was just a whole joke thing. Especially eggs with corners. He produced this cube when we're all sat down in a circle with a cider in the middle we're just taking sips out of it we were trying to come up with a drinking game and he was just idly throwing this ball up in the air this cube and then it just flew off in a random direction and then someone else opposite batted it and it got back to him and he was like ah an idea so the drinking game was you had to serve it round in a circle and whoever missed had to take a drink from the middle and obviously the more and more drunk you got the harder it was to return a serve you're like batting this ball in between like six or eight people trying to get each other to bat it back to the next person and the reason why it's called Swan is because Ziggy wrote down the rules but he was drunk and he put the W and the A the wrong way around so it's Swan instead of Spawn <laughs> that's an enduring game that we played since then and then the cube got lost inexplicably so we stopped that <laughs> because apparently you can't use anything else it's the, the one and only Swan Spawn S-P-W-A-N Spwan. Spwan. With ball sports, I had never really got into them. Everyone knows how me kicking a football around with Ross ended, where it landed on the garage roofs and then ended up climbing up and ripping my hand open. So like, I think I've got <laughs> spicy memories associated with football. So Again, yeah, the whole not particularly fit, not especially coordinated, had no real interest in football. So mm. playing football was one of the few things you could do at lunch or breaks contribute very little to that that playing that at school annoyingly bracket sports tend to need more than one person to play not knowing anyone who plays i'm just like i guess i won't fucking play anymore could you just do like one person squash just like it's a practice because you know you're just smashing it against a wall anyway aren't you so. yeah yeah you could you'd look a little psychotic bring it on you can have one racket in each hand <laughs> yeah so we usually leave sports to the professionals because they know what they're doing but what, what are your opinions on professionals and the whole culture surrounding like how sports are held in such high regard in life i think it's quite incredible really i certainly think there's definitely merit to top level athletes in whatever sport they're in that's impressive stuff because not every person can do that however there are some sports that are raised above the rest especially football is there's an unnecessary amount of money involved and it's just a bit too much 100 percent agree i do have broadly a huge amount of respect for athletes you know their dedication endurance and put themselves through that shit basically for our entertainment at the end of the day isn't it i know mm. there's a personal achievement bit if you, if you just cared about that you'd just be playing down the sports field with your mates wouldn't you but um i think it's quite incredible like the fandom that comes with a lot of sports namely football but like merchandise for instance it's crazy how much people are willing to pay on a like a football shirt that goes out of season mm. almost immediately and it's just like what the fuck? And then they'll keep doing that and they'll end up spending quite a lot of money on just emulating. Or, I don't know if they feel that they're supporting, support the artist, buy a 20 quid t-shirt, you know, whatever. It's way more than yeah, that. It's, it's like 50 quid, isn't it? That's what it is. But it's just that football has such huge amounts of money in it. Mm. It needs to voraciously consume money from its fans. It's crazy. But, you know, like if you look at other things like that, like gig t-shirts, I've had the same Opeth gig t-shirts since, what, 2011 when we went to see them? Yeah, that's not going to go out of style, is it? Fair enough, it's called the Heritage Tour, so that album is like... It was never in style in the first place. Whatever. Musicians don't have seasons, I guess. Yeah, I know it's, it's unfair to compare, but it's just weird. That's the only experience with merchandise. I've never bought a football t-shirt. I had one bought for me because when... That's another thing. At school, mm. everyone had to love a football team, apparently. And Ziggy chose Manchester United. 
So I was like, but I also like the color red. So just Liverpool. I didn't really care about them. I was just like, I want a red top. And so our parents got us one each, but they were made of that horrible material that they're made of. Polyester. So you take them off in the dark and you're just covered in lightning. Incidentally, we were running away from a massive thunderstorm whilst I was wearing it. And I swore that I was going to get struck by lightning. I was like, it's going to be attracted <laughs> to me the most. And we actually saw a big bolt of lightning strike right next, well, not next to us, but very close to us. It was terrifying. But mm. uh, that's the last time I remember wearing a football shirt. And that was 2000. I don't think wearing a football shirt makes anyone look good. No, it, it usually has the opposite effect that we'll get into why that is in a bit, I think. But unless you're actually playing football, that's really the only... Like, you'd go on a night out wearing a Arsenal shirt if it wasn't game night or something, would you? Just just as a casual, like, hey, I'm going out of the town. Let's wear this <laughs> football t-shirt. Well, these days, athleisure, as it's sometimes referred to, is far more fashionable. Athleisure, that's a terrible portmanteau and it yeah. needs to get in the bin immediately. I don't like it. Wearing a full tracksuit out on the town is fair game yeah very good i feel that the whole trophies thing is fair enough you need like a symbol to show that you did the good thing but it's just a cup or a disc or a, a metal thing it's a representation of the competition to say well done you have won something you are best which team is best team you are best team yeah but how about they make it even better for instance give them a year's supply of pizza or netflix or something and say here we go and then you get a little plaque saying i got first and it's just got a netflix badge on it and then they could do a deal with netflix or papa john's and then they could feedback into the big money grinder machine thing well yeah. that's the thing about winning if you win you tend to get things like sponsorships i want a pizza sponsorship give me the pizza i ate yeah. the pizza give me the pizza i'm hungry for more pizza give me a sponsorship <laughs> in motorsports if you win you're more likely to get better sponsorships and mm. so you're more likely to get better funding and so you're more likely to win a lot of it is about you got to win to get good keep winning to get good to keep winning and it's just an endless cycle until you retire or you get embroiled in a scandal or something yeah. that's another thing the fame of being a professional athlete oh god fame in general is just a bizarre concept to me anyway yeah celebrities seem such a bizarre thing and as creatures we are sort of kind of do like a bit of idolatry any things to look up to and worship or be inspired by and that's good mm. in terms of here's someone who's got a, a quality society sees as a positive but there's a lot of fame for the sake of fame and i'm getting a bit off topic with sports but there are plenty of celebrities that why are they celebrities money because they're celebrities for one they're rich and narcissists as well perfect storm isn't it one doesn't usually go without the other anyway does it so <laughs> i want to be rich so people pay attention to me i want people to pay attention to me because i am rich i will really be able to handle being in the spotlight whilst gammon tinged rag readers judge your every move lambo purchase cocaine bender or statutory rape accusation <laughs> allegedly please you've got the thing of celebrity does get to people's heads as well for sure they'll just do something absolutely fucking bonkers because they think they can get away with it there's this i must be god i'm worshipped like one right before we segue onto football because we kind of teetered around its rim <laughs> <laughs> i was going to mention esports oh yeah fuck e a sports it's in the game shut up <laughs> ea yeah. sports we take your money we've always been dickheads <laughs> it's like how come ea is so evil plot twist they were always evil <laughs> are we the baddies you always have been no esports are like a thing and it's turned basement dwelling stinky gamer boys into millionaires as far as i can tell and there's a certain amount of celebrity to that as well play game good people watch you play game good your sport involves a keyboard and mouse rather than balls well before the fancy mice existed there were the mouse balls so it did have balls at some point trackball multi-trackball <laughs> someone i used to go to pro 
primary school with, even before esports was a term really used. He was actually a paid gamer. Oh, wow. I can't remember what he was playing. Probably Counter-Strike. Follow your dreams. You'll probably never make money out of them. But some people do. People do make obscene amounts of money. And so about obscene amounts of money... Let's talk about football. I thought you were going to say Joe Rogan then. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. We, <laughs> I'd like to say we've thrown him under the bus, but we do not have enough clout to throw him under the bus. We're kind of shouting at the bus whilst it's really far away from the bus. Prawn sauce on our faces. Yeah, so we're in the best bus. The Shawaddy Waddy <laughs> Dave Bartram bus. Didn't he used to be sportsman? Is he a MMA fighter that turned into a podcaster or something? Like, I don't know. He just something turned like into that. one like, <laughs> I'm changing. Oh, now I have opinions. Now I shout at other people and listen to crackpots and say the n-word what a tit anyway amongst other many many things he's done that are deplorable speaking of which before we get into it football isn't an easy sport to do nor are all footballers single-minded or a bit simple i have more of a problem about what football has become rather than the sport itself and usually actually the fandom surrounding it as well this is why it has its own section because i feel this is going to get ranty sure in the good old days when football clubs sort of all started it was a working class game the people who say worked in a factory would have their team and it was all in the community and it's very grassroots to use a modern term for it it's just turned into this horrendous monster of billionaires chess game or some nonsense like that it's just mm. crazy where it's been going for a long time yeah it's like a cynical money grab rather than focusing on sportsmanship and integrity because you'll see people switch teams a lot and things like that because they're being bought by another team it's just like yeah okay i thought it was supposed to be local teams for local people you know like the liverpool team should represent liverpool manchester team should like you know you know go back to sort of the factories or whatever represent manchester yeah. now we're just going to buy from everywhere the best team is the ones from everywhere it's like isn't that kind of not the point anymore because it's just a name of a team it's no longer representing a specific part of the country or whatever i don't know it's just yeah weird. it's very much a pay to win if you've got the oil money of a sally royal family then you can just build a team that can win just disgraceful really i should imagine like david beckham first day on the job and he's just like this young kid who was exceptionally good at football and he's just like oh yeah i really want to do this for a career which he has done and he's done mm. very well for it but then when they just kept chucking more and more money at him, it was just like yeah we want you to keep doing it was there a point where he was just like i don't want to do this anymore and they were just like tough shit you make us money you know, I'm just wondering if that was ever the case. You can't escape. We've now bound you into this. You're making us money, so we can't let you go. I guess there is a certain amount of that, but the the kind of contracts that we negotiated for top players, as you know, are incredible amounts of money. Yeah, but you can't keep throwing money at something and expect humans to not break under the pressure of being in that position that's what i'm saying like a professional footballer has a shelf life you get to about your mid-30s that tends to be sort of near the end of their careers the argument for footballers getting paid a lot by football fans are they have short careers a normal person would never earn that much that they earn in a year in their entire life you know mm. it doesn't make sense these people aren't ordinary though no, they no. are premier league footballers they're some of the best players in the world that's part of the problem it's the accumulation of the world's best football players they get paid loads most of them get paid way too much yeah it's too much money some of them are a bit more philanthropic <laughs> they do Phil stuff with their money apart from spending yeah. it on themselves is what i'm trying to say but a lot more of them just 
I don't know if it's they feel the need to justify their income by buying things that don't really need, like a $2 million Lamborghini Gallardo or something like that. That's probably not actually their value, but I'm just gold-plated, covered in crabs or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you get that with anyone. Some people use their celebrity, whatever, to for good causes to a degree. There's some players who are like, I've got a conscience. Some people, like in any situation, don't. They don't care about other people as much. It wouldn't sit right with me if I'm honest, but I am honest and also shit at football. That's what I'm not footballer. Or a millionaire, actually. I've realised that um, I do a lot of creative things, but I don't make any money out of it. I reckon I could make some money if I tried, but really I just do this for mine and my friend's entertainment, and that is all the currency I need. Please pay me. And maybe, no, no, it's never going to happen. The chance of us actually doing a real ad read. We would go the way of Commenticut and Tom Scar with it, I think, as a lazy. <laughs> it would be the bare minimum required for the ad read info and then just bullshit around it. So, can we chop up a person? Yes. Apparently so. <laughs> well, if we move on to the fandom, which is always a contentious topic because my cousin and indeed that side of my family are quite into their football and I don't think they've ever really got into any scuffles or fights probably some bickering but they say it is the minority that ruin it for the majority but there's so many football fans that minority still looks like a fucking lot of people they have that the ultras that turned up i think the 80s and just took hooliganism to a new level it's just crazy i mean everyone's seen or heard of the football factory and green street and those sort of films mm. they're based in fact and maybe not everyone has a danny dyer in their entourage i suppose schlegs just quipping and then quitting and then joining eastenders the one that sticks out for me i think i can't remember who was playing or what league it was i think it was chelsea versus manu which is you know very top tier teams against each other you're gonna get a lot of fans butting up against each other that mm. I think it was in 2009 in the student pub near where I studied. The auctioneer, not around anymore, I'm afraid. We're upstairs on the sofa like, watching the game. And like, I think it got all the way down to like penalties at the end of it because it was like a draw. And so like yeah. tensions were high. It was crazy. Mm. When one person scored, this guy ran up the stairs and just jumped and l shoulder launched at the light on the wall and smashed it. Just why did you do that? Just out of excitement, I guess. And I was like, okay. That was just the tip of the iceberg. When whoever it was that won, I don't know who it was, we heard so much smashing downstairs. Everyone just threw their pint glass. No one was fighting each other. They all threw their pint glasses on the floor. We went down there. It was just smashed glass absolutely everywhere. Now, everyone got kicked out. What yeah. was the point of that? Why would you choose to express yourself in that way? I don't get it. What? I think this is more saying about certain kinds of people that are football fans but also have really bad ways of expressing their emotions. Yeah, oh yeah, big time. So they were brought up in an emotionally repressed household. You cannot cry, show any, I'm using heavy hair quotes here, girly emotions. The joy of toxic masculinity. It's just crazy. I'm just like, it's a shame that, that people like that are drawn towards football, but I can see why. If it was a more wholesome thing, why can't it just be wholesome? Because <laughs> like... what you're seeing is a facet of society, a part of it that exists anyway. If it wasn't football, it'd be something else. Yeah. Just accept that humanity as a whole is doomed because we're shit. Yay! I don't think I've ever been able to get that excited or passionate about anything in my life. And that's not to say that I'm apathetic. It's just that I don't give that much of a shit about one specific thing that I would just go mental over it. It's just beyond my capabilities as a human. There's too many things that I like giving a bit of a shit about that I can't just give all my attention to one thing. Except my fiance, I love you. Good recovery. Be <laughs> safe. Top in. The pub should have known better and not serve pints in glass where on a football night. No, that was stupid. Day. This is why people can't have nice things because collectively people are dumb. Football is very tribal, as you know. People get into hideous arguments because of what is literally 
a pastime it's a game mm. it's the surrogate for appropriate outlets of your emotions for some i get that it's just hopefully future generations can we could just learn to be slightly less of dicks there's always gonna be dicks if we could just reduce the volume of dickery that would be yeah. nice it's not all bad because do you remember the time in 2014 when we went to the pub and we watched football and i believe we both actually enjoyed watching the we game. did indeed like i concede because it was nice and chilling there it was a pub full of old men and us yeah and we were discussing the tactics of it and we we're getting into it and we we're just like oh yeah this is really cool i never choose yeah. sides when i'm watching football though i just appreciate what's happening in front of me it's a good thing about football there's it doesn't have any arcane rules particularly well mm. until fairly recently they've done some nonsense nonsery that, not, <laughs> no <laughs> that's the bbc some, <laughs> yeah they've done some nonsense with technology and all that shit just to whatever it's a relatively straightforward game and most people can sort of get what's going on very quickly from just watching the game and we were watching and we we're observing and just getting into it and it was a good time and then we went back to mine and got really drunk i don't think that was the time i vomited pizza in the sink but <laughs> <laughs> no because vince was with us at that time he wasn't there the other time that we got drunk on cosmopolitan cosmonauts cosmonauts yes when you're looking up a thing to put on twitter for this particular thing it found an interesting article from the bbc bees can play football and score goals <laughs> That's an actual thing. They've noticed that bees can do things. They could train them to roll a ball into a goal. It's quite a funny written article. It's like, they were then brought on for their chance of glory and quickly started scoring. <laughs> like, brought back onto the pitch. Here come the bees. And it's got the most adorable picture as well. I would watch that. 100% give me the bees playing football. <laughs> Very good. So because we're so, we've proved so into sports and we, we love the sports so much. Would it be interesting if we made our own sports up? For this section, I'm more about rekindling people's passion in previous Olympic sports that are no longer done because there are some truly buckwild things that they used to do. Cool. Some of my highlights include solo synchronised swimming. How does that even work? Because why the fuck not? Just someone in a pool just pirouetting or whatever. I can imagine it's just they sellotape loads of mannequins to themselves and they're just dancing <laughs> and they're all dancing along with them. Like... No, no, it's just you in a pool. Also, on a similar vein, underwater swimming. Okay. People underwater. Yeah, cool. There was at one point a dueling pistols competition. You didn't actually shoot at someone, you shot at a silhouette. Right. And for a while there were art competitions. We should have more competitive art that'd be great arts and or crafts so loads of people could be part of that i reckon wow actual fucking olympic sports so yeah i'd like to see more of the less well known because they were last competed by people with mustaches everyone had a mustache big big twirly one that was the style at the time 2000 meter tandem bloody hell we're on a penny farthing <laughs> somehow okay what is this tumbling <laughs> just just people just <laughs> launching themselves down an incline and just, just falling for a while falling over stylistically i think is what it is hey, isn't that a buzz lightyear thing it's not dying it's falling over stylistically <laughs> the ones i got because i just took the piss with this existential dread see who lasts the longest loser dies of old age and is content you truly are the loser tennis except bees which bit i left it open to discussion i've literally wrote <laughs> leave open to discussion when the ball hits the ground bees come out and then they fire bees out of their mouths or something or you play tennis with a racket made of bees or the bees play tennis like the football bees but the tennis instead the question is are we playing like conventional tennis or real tennis with bees okay what the hell is real tennis look it up it's a thing that, that's some homework for everybody look it up because if yeah, we discuss it, real tennis it will take us way over an hour if someone <laughs> went here's one diagram 
Let's base a game on this one diagram from the Middle Ages. Oh, goody. And finally, toddler five aside, but a national broadcast <laughs> level, because that shit is hilarious. If you've ever watched, they don't know how to play football. They just run at the ball and just try to kick it around. <laughs> whilst the, the goalie's either picking his nose or just fallen over and had a tantrum. It's just like, that is brilliant. Like, as long as you get the toddlers to consent i guess <laughs> see more kids do sports because they're funny at doing sports maybe um australian rules football but instead of the pitch being flat it's a bowl yes <laughs> like in a destruction derby the ball just rolls into the middle and you have to keep kicking it to the edge and the goal is on the edge yeah. oh man that would be so difficult and really fun and also bees right yeah sure bees why not not all the time just there has to be a specific set of events that has to happen in order for the bees to come into play i don't know what that is there's a button hidden somewhere in the crowd you have to throw the ball at it. If it hits the button, then the bees are released. Multi bee. Fuvuzela full of bees. No, stop! Why? I just reminded myself about talking about small children trying to do sports. A sports day. I came second to last on the 100 meter dash when I was nine, only because the person that did come last had a fucked up knee, and then they fell over. <laughs> I'm not last by default. That's how good I am at sports. Not last by default. That's the only reason. Oh, what a fucking joke. Nice. Also, I don't know if they had this at your sports day ever, but we had something called a slow bike race where you had to go as slow as possible on a bike without it toppling over. No. <laughs> wow, just Wittisham then, everyone. Slow bike race. Maybe bring that back. Maybe if that's the thing, slow bike race, everyone. Get on your bike and try not to move as quick as possible. And the winner, what, just comes last? I don't understand how that works. But it's just watching people just do this with their front wheel, like jerking it left and right, trying to, to counterbalance the fact that they're going to fall over because they're moving at 0.02 miles an hour. Slow bike racing, yes. Is that a race? That's what our school called it. I'm not making this up. It's not a fever dream. I'll ask Ziggy know because he went to the someone's fever dream it is i want to see people pratting about on a bicycle that's my kind of competition yeah i don't know how that even came about really just i might just be completely making this up there it might also be a no-handed bike race but that sounds like a health and safety nightmare i mean this was the <laughs> 90s but like i don't know man yeah that would be 95 i think that would happen jeez mid 90s what a crazy time. Some of you won't even know what the mid-90s was like. Actually, no, that's a complete lie. Our median listener base is at least 30 years old, so they'll be very aware of what the mid-90s yeah, are they, like. They all remember seeing Smells Like Teen Spirit being played by Nirvana on Top of the Pops. I remember seeing Eminem singing or rapping Stan on there, and it was so depressing because he had to censor his entire performance because it's like, why did they even let him on there? Like, how did that even become popular music? Now, every time he said shitty, he said crummy instead. When I've had a crummy day, I'd drift away and put like crummy any other word could have fit that but crummy just say shit that's all i can say and shit have we reached the end of the big chat the chat that we did that was big do you have anything else about sports that don't exist that you would like to exist no that'll do that will do i think we've put our audience <laughs> through enough really i guess in summary you could say we don't sponsor, and that's okay if you sponsor, that's okay too just don't expect us to join in. Watch or even be remotely interested. <laughs> if we do join in, expect us to be terrible at it. And also probably drunk. Oh, uh, uh, I've got a thing. I had a sports dream. Oh yes, tell us about your sports dream. I was watching a version of rugby, even though Chelsea were a team. Didn't know Chelsea did rugby. With my cousin. He got really excited and sort of like put me in like one of those excited headlocks that blokes do when they get excited about things and you're watching the thing as we watch this ginger beardy man line up for a throw and then just let it go behind him and it sailed into the audience he fell to his knees sobbing and his kids ran onto the pitch before beating him up <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> Are the fans the children? Like, it's a... <laughs> Just, it was all very confusing. I don't understand. It's dream logic. It's not meant to make any sense. If that's a real person, I hope your kids don't celebrate your failure by kicking shit out of you. Fuck you, Dad! You were going to buy us a new car with that money you would have got from winning this game. We wanted that gold-plated Lamborghini. Oh, fucking hell, Alex. <laughs> that was a sports, and the final whistle was being blown on our chatting of the sports, and indeed the show itself for this week. That is it. I'm actually quite exhausted. That was enduring. That was... We've been recording for two hours. Yeah. Uh, thank you for enduring our uneven topography of verbal toss as well. Like, it's always good to have someone to listen to us. But if you desire other viewpoints, such as from the nosebleeds, where you're right up there and you can't really see what's going on, maybe use a pair of binoculars to look down on us on our YouTube channel, which we no longer upload to. By the way, we have to do a video explaining why we no longer upload to it. So you can be found pretty much anywhere else, like Spotify and the crowd of a football stadium, reciting every single word in unison, cheering out like some kind of hive mind. If you cannot afford a pair of binoculars, two telescopes taped together will do. We've been keeping the Twitter thread alive today with all sorts of coverage, such as bees playing football and pigs and flat tyres and angry women standing next to pictures of their daughters and etc. So go over and check that out whilst you listen to this for a, not really an interactive experience, more of just a huh, experience. Do you have anything that you would like us to big chat about in the future? We're going to run out of things to say eventually <laughs> and we need your help. This is an appeal. Please. Do what you can to keep us wanting to make these. We don't care about you. We keep making them anyway. But anyway, it's nice <laughs> to know people listen. Oh, fucking hell. That is it now, isn't it? Really? How do we end it again? See you next time for some more Guff 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 Plex. And as always, take care. Take care. Some sort of horrendous ample face monstrosity with the generic being thunder. Some sort of horrendous ample face monstrosity with the generic being thunder. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah.